This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's a Purple Friday Power Hour. Cafe. Hey, Ravens fans, join Tropic Rewards and get a $2.99 smoothie with food purchased to celebrate Purple Fridays all season long at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. It's Tropic time. Terms and conditions apply. Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. You may not believe it, but college basketball starts next week, which is a perfect time to head up to the WGK Law Guest Hotline, where Jay Billis joins us. Jay, of course, part of ESPN's college basketball coverage. And, Jay, thank you so much for joining us today. There, there is so much I want to get into you with get into with you excuse me number one being i had the chance to go to the college basketball luncheon on wednesday which you've emceed now for many years not just because you're here you do a fantastic job but just for people who don't know about this event just your thoughts on it well it's one of the the great events that that i've ever been to frankly you know it's in baltimore every year uh in the inner harbor and it's uh, in honor of the Cal Ripken Senior Foundation. So Cal Ripken Jr., Billy Ripken, uh, and the board there of the Cal Ripken Senior Foundation do a, an amazing job, not just with the work they do, but putting on that event. And to have all those great coaches there and be able to you know, do that panel discussion. People seem to have a really good time, but it's just good to see everybody. And uh, it's an exciting way for me to sort of tip off the season and, and just a ton of fun. Jay, sorry, we're on a remote, and, and I, I I love Steve Wood one as much as anybody, but can we pot down the music, please? <laughs> is, like, is somebody there? Somebody on the board? I, I love Steve Winwood, but thanks. <laughs> no, but, Jay, you, you did a fantastic job, uh, and especially a good friend of the show, Jimmy Patsos, who we call, we affectionately call Jimmy Sunshine. You, you took some real good shots at him. I do every year. Uh, Jimmy and Gary <laughs> Williams are my two most yes. uh, most often hit targets or punching bags, whatever you're going to call it. But, uh, you know, they, it, we, we like to have fun at that thing. You know, everybody yes. wants to have a laugh. And uh, uh, it's not so serious that all, all we're talking about is, you know, who's going to play backup point guard, uh, Kevin Willard. <laughs> like, you know, we'd rather rather enjoy ourselves a little bit and tell some stories and have fun. Well, Jay, uh, on a sadder note, uh, earlier this week, Bob Knight uh, passed away, and we know that you had a personal relationship with Bob Knight. I, I guess uh, your your relationship with him, who was Bob Knight, the uh, the player and the coach? Or, excuse well, me, the coach, coach and the person. <laughs> yeah, well, he was a player, too. He played at Ohio State yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and won a national championship there for Fred Taylor. So he was teammates with uh, Jerry Lucas and John Havlicek and Larry Sickbreed and all that, so... Uh, he was a player, um, but uh, Bob Knight was uh, was a longtime friend of mine. Uh, we actually spent a lot of time together over the years, and used to go on an annual golf trip and uh, uh, went overseas four times, um, and then uh, other places. And you know, he and his son Pat uh, uh, were always on it, and it was just a, a blast. Um, 
you know, the, the basketball world and the world in general lost uh, an American original. Uh, Bob Knight was, uh, and look, I, I, I hardly ever ha- have to do this. And, you know, that's why he was such an American original. You know, he's the only friend I ever felt like I needed to explain to other people because, yeah. because you know, there were downsides. And, uh, and he had done and said things that I c- couldn't rationalize or excuse um, and I didn't approve of. But I, I've I always felt that the the good far outweighed the bad with with Bob Knight and uh, and I I think I actually wrote an article about it 20 years ago you know I I was going to stop apologizing for him being my friend you know that people had so many questions like how can you like him I go you don't know him you got to know him I mean but he he was was one of the the truly great coaches in the history of American sport and and I I say that across every sport not just not just basketball. Uh, in the 70s and 80s, there was no bigger figure in sports than, than Bob Knight. And, um, uh, you know, he was innovative. Um, you know, he won at the highest level. Uh, and, uh, and he was incredibly intelligent. Um, every, every time you were with him, you know, we'd be traveling somewhere. He had a book and was reading. And it wasn't about basketball. You know, he's a big, uh, uh, voracious reader about military history and uh, you could converse with him on any subject. He was a, just a fantastic companion. Um, you know, but he had some he had some blind spots. He just he, he found it really difficult. I don't think I ever heard him say I'm sorry. You know, he he, he didn't he wasn't able to apologize. He, he he let you know that he had screwed up or that he was uh, he was apologetic, but he didn't say it. Um, and it was just like kind of a, a flaw that he had. But uh, you know, who among us doesn't have flaws? But his. He was bigger than life, and, and in a way, his flaws were bigger than life, too. Jay, uh, you I'm pretty sure I was watching it today that you were on the coverage when he made his return to uh, Alumni, Alumni Hall uh, in 2020. And, and just to see how emotional he as as your friend, to see what that was like for him. And, again, absolutely, I would think you'd talk to him after. But just that moment for him, because remember, well, if people don't know, he refused to go back after he was dismissed. Just that whole moment there. Yeah, I wasn't there for that one. Um, oh. But but uh, obviously, you know, consumed it like everyone else and yes. had, a, had a personal interest in it. Um, I, look, th- this is my view of it, and I wrote about it in an article I did uh, uh, when Coach and I passed uh, a couple days ago that um, it was an, it, there was something that happened in 2009. Uh, he and I were working together at Madison Square Garden, and Indiana was at a doubleheader, and it was the first time he was going to be in the building with Indiana since he got fired in, I think it was 2000. And, you know, it was pretty significant. And none of our bosses really realized that 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 was going to be the first time. And I had pointed that out, you know, after we were already there. You guys realize what's going on here. So Indiana, Tom Crean was uh, coaching Indiana at the time. And they they didn't have a lot of players. They were down. And uh, and they were playing Pittsburgh, nationally ranked, coached by Jamie Dixon. And Indiana wound up winning the game. I called the game. Coach Knight was in the studio, and, and uh, after he, he told me the next day he was kind of asking what I thought because he felt like he really screwed up uh, something. So Tony Larusa, the great manager, uh, Major League Baseball manager, called him right after the game. They were great friends and said, I hope you go into the Indiana locker room. And, uh, and, and Knight said, Tony, no, I'm not going to do that. If, if I do that, uh, and this is Knight recounting it to me. I wasn't there for the phone call. 
But he told me that he said, I'm not going to do that. That would make me the story, and it would take away from what these kids just did. I mean, that was a big win for Indiana. And he said, you need to be the bigger man. And when he said bigger man, Knight kind of blew up at him and started yelling and said, Tony, I'm not doing that. You, you don't understand what you're talking about. And he said, I'm not over it, and I don't think I'll ever get over it. And when he was telling me the story, you know, he was very emotional. And, uh, and tears kind of welled up in his eyes a little bit. He didn't cry, but tears welled up. You, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it, was, it was that moment I kind of realized, you know, he's not angry at Indiana. He's hurt. He, like, he's emotionally hurt because he loved Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was why he didn't go back. And he, only, he moved back there. You know, I think everybody knows, you know, he had suffered from uh, toward the end of his life. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's dementia, frontal lobe dementia, you know, but, you know, he'd, he'd, lost, he'd lost his memory and, and all that. And, uh, and so his, his wife, Karen, was able to take him back to Bloomington. Uh, had he been earlier before he had become ill, I'm not sure that would have been possible. And, and that's part of what led to him, I think, uh, going back. Um, and and you know being honored that way and it, and I and it he was in control enough to for that to have been really emotional and meaningful for him because any time he was around former players whether it was West Point or Indiana and was honored in any way uh, he got he got really emotional about it. Well, Jay, and then and last thing about Bobby Knight, I promise. But that, watching that 2020 ceremony, how beloved he was by his players it, it, like that you can't fake that and you could see how much he loved it and like i guess that's part of the complicated legacy he has because we know about the other things the neil reed of it all and like but but like i'm a little younger than you my first memory of college basketball a championship game is probably georgetown carolina so like bobby knight's a legend in my Either mind you are you old enough to be on the air <laughs> it might need to some ID. i remember I your that. championship that game very well jay school. Yeah, I remember your championship game very well, Jay. Uh, but yeah, but go on, so, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, yeah, I, no. I, I had to make note of your your inexperience in youth. <laughs> yeah, the '82 championship game. I'm very young, uh, but like yeah, the, he's a legend. But there's this whole complicated nature which non, nobody can ignore when talking about it. That's sort of the the difficulty uh, for people who and look, I don't argue with people that didn't like him. That's fine. I get it. But his missteps were all public, and they, they some of them were big ones, and uh, a lot of them were big ones. And he knew it. Um, he he I, I think he had a difficult time when he thought he was right of dialing some of that back. And you know, it kind of goes back to the the you know not able to apologize thing. But but. You know, I can tell I can tell you from knowing him like I did. We spent a lot of time talking about different things. He knew when he had screwed up, and and he admitted it. You know, he would say, "Boy, I really stepped in it there. I I, I can't believe I did that, or I wish I hadn't done that." He just never said that publicly, and uh, uh, I, I don't I don't know exactly how to explain it. Uh, honestly, but you know, he was complicated. But I think um, you know there there are a lot of coaches that I know that if their worst moments in practice had become public, people would think differently of them. And, uh, and you know, part of that is kind of just how the game goes. Um, it's a little bit different now because nothing's private anymore. You know, when, when I played for Coach K, the locker room was private. Practice was private. 
Um, then when message boards started coming in, coaches started realizing, you know what, the locker room's not private anymore. One of my players can put something on a message board or tell his roommate, uh, you know, his roommate, and his roommate puts it up, and then the media's trolling those, those message boards, and they ask a question. It becomes a public matter. And now, heck, everybody's got a camera phone and, and all that. There's nothing that – and there's, there's uh, closed-circuit television everywhere we go. We're on camera all the time. So the world's changed a little bit. Um, but he would like even throwbacks would call Bob Knight a throwback. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he was old school in that way. Uh, but I'm telling you, you're not going to find a, a, a smarter person. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying he's splitting the atom with a butter knife at, at dinner, but, but un- unbelievably intelligent. Um, but I think sometimes the emotional side of it, uh, got to him a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, he knew where the line was and, and there were times that he crossed it, but when he crossed it, he didn't just stick his toe over it. He, he, you know, did a Bob Beeman leap across it. And you're too young to know who Bob Beeman was. <laughs> I know Bob Beeman is. <laughs> you probably saw him in, in black and white pictures, you know. Yeah. Oh, microfiche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're speaking to Jay Phillips. It's inside access on the fan. Jay, got to get your thoughts on the Terps year two under Kevin Willard. I guess bringing in a great recruiting class this year. Uh, what were your thoughts on Willard's first year at Maryland and your expectations for the Terps this year? Not surprised that they did so well because Kevin Willard is a great coach and a great guy. Um, and, he, he, look, he's stepping into a, a legacy job. Uh, not only what Lefty Drizelle did uh, at Maryland, but what Gary Williams did. And, and Mark Turgeon uh, tried to carry on there and did a good job. But Kevin, you know, that's a that's a great job and it's a great fan base and it's a great program. Uh, so I'm not surprised that they won 23 games last year, nationally ranked, went to the tournament, all that. I didn't know until that luncheon uh, on Wednesday that, uh, that no first year coach at Maryland had ever done that. There'd never been the combo of 20 plus wins uh, nationally ranked and the tournament in year one. Uh, so that's significant. Year ones are not easy anywhere. Uh, but uh, they're going to be even better this year, I believe. And I think Dante Scott's one of the kind of underrated stars in mm-hmm. the country and not getting enough attention. Uh, you know, Reese is really good and uh, Young is really good. Like they're they're set. They got a really good core. And then fitting the transfers and, and the freshmen around, I think they're going to be. They're just playing in a Big Ten where the top two teams. Purdue and Michigan State, I think it'll be uh, because both those teams are really experienced and talented. Um, they're going to be tough to knock off, but uh, uh, I'm not sure that Maryland's not the, the next team you should mention uh, as far as Big Ten success. Hey, Jay, last thing for you, and I'm just curious. Like, you've been doing the broadcasting thing so long that I oh, think that, We go from no, youth my, to now, you, know, <laughs> you, you old codger that has been in it for so long. I was try- I was going to get to a compliment, and that you're so good at it. I wonder if younger college basketball fans don't even realize that you played at a high level. Do you care? Like, it's not to the same level, but it's kind of like for Madden doing the NFL. That like I think younger fans didn't even know he coached. Like you played on a Duke team that went to the national championship game. It was a really good team. Got upset in the championship game. Like, do you care if people don't know that you played? I really don't. Yeah, I mean because. You know, the game's about the players and the coaches that are playing now. And so when, when I go to a game, you know, what you hope that, that uh, consumers, fans, whatever you want to call it, what you hope they take away 
is that you're prepared and you tried to impart something into the game that would help them enjoy it, would illuminate something for them, uh, inform, God forbid, um, and and hopefully entertain uh, at the same time uh, when it's appropriate. But I, look, I I think for all of us, um, we all had our time mm-hmm. to do these things, and our time's over. And uh, so you know, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, if I want to talk about the fact that I played or you guys played, whatever, you know, we can do that when we're having a beer with all our friends and talk about how great we were. This is their time now. And so, you know, I, I will tell you in that same vein, though, there's always been one thing that kind of annoyed me. Uh, and it's the it's honestly the only thing about Bill Walton that annoys me. Um, Bill Walton, I grew up watching him. And now sure. I'm going to make him sound way older than me. But <laughs> Uh, I grew up watching him in Los Angeles at UCLA. And then when he went with the Blazers and the Clippers and the Celtics and all that, um, Bill Walton was one of the best players ever play this game. And today's player doesn't know that. They see him as the big, goofy you know, yeah. uh, broadcaster that, that's sort of the, the entertainer. And he's too humble to let them know that you guys couldn't have been on the same floor with me because uh, there's very few players today playing that, that could scratch what that guy did. Um, he's the only guy I think that should walk in and we should all like give a standing O for him as a player. The rest of us should just, just do the game, shut up and leave. If it makes you feel any better, Jay, I'm 28. I knew that you played for Duke. <laughs> yeah. Cause everybody's telling you when I come on, you go, Who's this guy? 28. Like, uh, Jay, really pr- appreciate your time. This was great. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. And uh, show some idea on the way out if you want to get a drink. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.